Hey, Brock, how are you? Doing well, John. How are you? A fantastic summer over here, and uh, I saw you teased a gym shorts video that I think I'm just as interested as any short guy is. Yeah, man, it's been a beast of burden. I've I've been working on this video all week, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. It's like I think it's gonna be like 18 minutes long or something. <laughs> how many brands did you end up getting? Um, I think there are about 12 brands total. A couple of them I already had. The rest of them are are new. Um, several that that you recommended or um, or reviewed, like uh, Four Laps, um, Barbell Apparel, Nomad Trunks. Um, a few that I heard about from from viewers like uh, High Leet, um, Built Basics, and then just like the big ones, Adidas, Under Armour, Nike. Isn't that what's crazy? That's what I found out doing the sneaker roundup is like I knew a handful of them, and then I had a couple more I wanted to look at. But then as you dive in, you just like uncover these brands that are out there, and they're sizable brands, but there's so many of them now. Yeah, it's it's crazy how many options there are, and I mean. There could easily be 50 brands in this video, um, which, you know, obviously would be too long. But what's what's strange, what, what I think is really weird is you, you can't really tell much about a brand from their, like, Instagram and their website and stuff. Because it's like some of these brands that could be totally just, like, drop shipping, like AliExpress, Amazon brands. And then you could have, like, really kind of, like, made in the U.S., like, higher-end um, you know, really like product driven brands, but on the surface, they could look almost the same, like really polished and like, you know, big social media presence. So it's, it's really hard to know what you're actually getting until you wear it for a while. Yeah. It used to be, you would know based on like their storefront, like wouldn't look very polished or something, but now somebody can make their brand look as good as Nike's with a, with a few clicks and some stock images. Yeah, yeah. Like you used to be able to say, okay, if this is in, if this brand is in Kohl's, you know, versus Nordstrom versus Saks, like you kind of know where it stands. But, but yeah, now it's pretty easy. Like, you know, nice photography, good uh, social media manager, and you got yourself a slick brand. <laughs> so, what have you learned trying on all these shorts? Uh, actually, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the big brands. Um, I was expecting to not really find anything from from those those brands, but uh, I, I'd say my favorite pair of gym pants that I've found yet has been from Adidas, which is really surprising to me. Um, some of the smaller brands, the smaller brands were really hit or miss, you know, like some of them were, were really, really disappointing. Some of them were very pleasantly surprising, like High Lead makes an awesome pair of pants. Um, and I, you know, I would have never really known about them unless someone mentioned them. So it's, uh, it's cool. I, I think well, with anything, I mean, I, the lesson that I always come away with is like you got to try a bunch of different brands to see what works for you, and I think most guys don't put in enough time experimenting, or watch a video that brings them all together at once. That's very true. Yeah, find somebody who has a similar build and, and taste, and let them do the work for you. I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What length of short do you find is your favorite? Because I've been wearing the five-inch short from Four Laps, and like that's now my new favorite short, but I'm sure it looks considerably different on you versus me. Yeah, so it's funny. That five-inch, I think that's called the bolt short. Yeah. It that actually, it was like really comfortable, like, like really high-end feeling, but it was just a good length but a little too wide. So if it's going to be that short for me, mm. I need it to be – nice and tapered but there was a pair of under armor shorts the atmos that were very very similar to that bolt short 
but just more narrow and they fit like perfectly. It's like my perfect, like running short. Mm, the taper. Yeah. I do have thicker thighs from all my years of swimming and running. Yeah. Well, and that's, what's interesting. Cause you're a taller guy, but you also like you're thin, but your legs aren't like super thin, you know? Mm. So, but yeah, I think the taper is like so important. Cause I hate that. If, if it's not tapered enough, it makes your legs look tiny. <laughs> that was actually one of the comments when I did the short sleeves of Miz and Main. Somebody had mentioned that there's a, a wider opening around the arms and the short sleeves that they prefer. And I'm wearing a polo right now, and that's kind of like that. And I think my my excuse is just going to be to uh, start using your strong app and hit the gym. Yeah, actually, I noticed that with those Miz and Main short sleeve shirts, which I've had that problem too with some uh, short sleeve button ups where like everything fits except for the the arm kind of tense out and yeah same effect so gotta gotta do some bicep curls <laughs> i think i mentioned to you i bought a uh, strength program off of twitter from one of the guys that like tanner is in is in that kind of group aj cortez that's and, right uh, yeah. i'm gonna be starting it pretty soon i'm gonna use that strong app i'm gonna program his training training thing into the strong app and then then follow that pretty soon here very nice. Yeah, that's that, that's a good idea, man. How, how many days a week is it? It's seven. So there's a program. There's something going on every day, and then there's one like cheat day, like low, uh, low intensity. But it's supposed to be a pretty intense program. It's like not for beginners. Um, and I'm just going to use the the knowledge that I have from when I did lift uh, in when I was a swimmer, and then it's just been a few years since I've really hit the gym consistently, other than running. It's it's a different type of workout, you know, and so, I don't know, it kind of, I feel like if you just do weights and stuff, it's not, it's not really enough to keep you, like, fit, you know, like, you have to do some cardio and something to get your heart pounding, so, but it sounds like his program, if it's seven days a week, probably is pretty multifaceted. Yeah, and I like it, too, because it had, it has, like, food and diet plan built in and everything, so, I just, like, I've always said that if I had more time, I would lift, and, if I'm told what to do, I will follow up blindly. And so this is like, can't get any closer than that. Yeah, nice. And yeah, the Strong app is, is really cool too. I'm, I'm glad. So I actually tested out a couple others and um, ended up going back to it and paying for the premium one because it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's so well done. What do you get with the premium that you don't get with the free? You get more workouts. So I think with the free, you get three of them. And with the premium, it's unlimited. So... You know, three is fine. Like I do, like a push pull legs. But if you want like a, a ch- you know, two chest days, like version A and version B, or like for you, you're probably gonna need seven, seven unique workouts. Um, the pro version is is worth it, and it's like twenty bucks a year or something like that. Hmm. Good to know. That's gonna be on my list then. Yeah, man. Well, you also had some trouble with uh, not trouble, but ask it the unboxing that you did. I was very excited to see that they have short medium long but it looks like even their short was a little short on you but you liked the clothing overall right the, the fabric and everything yeah that, that was uh, you know I, I didn't want to like give like a negative review because i really like that brand i like what they're doing and like the fact they even have different lengths is really cool quality is really nice and like i, I don't know i just i really appreciate like their brand and aesthetic and everything but i think the problem is you know when you have brands that are trying to cater to everybody they don't it's it's too much work almost or, or it's too much it's too hard to kind of adjust everything about a garment to fit a different body type so like their t-shirts they were the right length but 
like the neck opening was probably to me it seemed like it was like the same size as like their large or extra large so it was too big for me you know and so it seemed a little awkward so I, I think if they had maybe like a slim fit or something in the future that would work out better but yeah it was uh I had really high hopes and unfortunately didn't didn't quite work out then you need to hire the modest man you have to have like a fit model agency that you could send out and they can you can get the samples and then help them to shape it Missed, missed opportunity. I know, I know. I mean, hopefully they they seem like the kind of company that like would listen to that sort of feedback. So, but I also think, I mean, I think there's just so much room. We talked about this, but I think there's so much room for like really specialty niche brands because they they have the bandwidth to think about everything. You know, they don't have to. They can adjust all those little things like the scale of the pocket and the, and the placement of the pocket, um, which bigger brands like can't really do. And, and you see all these brands like J crew and, um, I mean, every major brand now jumping on like the untucked shirt bandwagon, but they're not changing all the other details. They can't, they have too many SKUs, you know, it'd be too complicated. And, uh, I don't think it's worth it for them. So I think we're going to see more and more specialty brands. I know it's that long tail, long tail retail. Yep. Yep. It's exciting. I know the last one I wanted to talk to you about that I really liked was your subscription box video and I think that video encapsulates a couple of things really well but primarily it was so well written and thought out that it shows that you started off as like a blogger first and then moved into video versus like I think you could have gotten a similar result if you turned on the camera and started talking about your thoughts about it but it seemed like you had put so much thought into that video and I think the YouTube the YouTube robots are uh, are rewarding that thought by the way that it's performing so i really like that one yeah thanks yeah that, that was a fun one to make and i i think i don't know i'm trying to use like a, a second camera a lot now because i just feel like it, it's video you know so i mean and you've been doing a lot of b-roll lately too it's like it's video is the is the platform it's the medium so you might as well show what you're talking about so i try to make that you know entertaining rather than just telling people my thoughts, like, let's actually open one up while, while we talk about it and, like, use it as an example. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. I'm, I'm glad it's doing well. It did, get, it did get a fair amount of haters, but I think some people might have felt maybe insulted that I said they were, you know, maybe they thought I was saying they were wasting their money or something, which I'm not, you know, but I could see that being kind of sensitive, so. I know. It's a fine line to walk. Like, I think about it, it also might be a function of your age and the stage in your style journey you're at because, like, when I first started subscription boxes, I was so excited just to get anything and, like, experiment. But then, like, for you, I think I'm in the same place now, too. It's, like, we both have nice watches. We figured out our aesthetic and our style, and so the subscription boxes are really sending. And you saw in, it was the same thing in the video. It's, like, you got a, a new wallet, right? Or not a new wallet, but you got like a new thing that you already had or a new speaker, you already had the speaker. And so, um, mm. you know, people on, their, on the beginning of that, it's, it's a way different value prop than someone so advanced like us. Yeah, you become pretty particular. I mean, it's actually, it's, you know, like your Threadbeast video, it's kind of, that kind of showed what you're talking about. Like, it was very clear that your aesthetic has evolved or I guess matured maybe past their aesthetic, you know? And so it's actually kind of funny, like, seeing you in, like, graphic tees and stuff because it's just, it's, like, not you, you know, <laughs> even if the stuff fit. I don't even feel comfortable wearing them, like, around the house. Like, I, I wear, 
the, the main t-shirts that I wear around the house, like I have a Wolves shirt from Mack Weldon that I like. I have the Air Knit X from Mack Weldon. But like, even if I go out, if I run to like the grocery store, I f- feel better in a polo than if I'm just like wearing a tee. I don't know what that, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 It, it, I mean, it's definitely, I, I feel the same way a little bit. Although I have to say since living, since moving from DC to Tucson, my style has gotten way more casual, partly out of necessity because it's so hot here. But, um, but yeah, you get, you get used to things. I mean, it's, it's like some people are comfortable going to the airport in jogging pants and like, I would feel just so like embarrassed, you know, not that that's wrong, but just for me, for what I'm used to, I would just feel terrible. Uh, like people were looking at me or something. So yeah, I think, I think that's good though, to have kind of a handle on what you like and what you feel comfortable in. I don't even own jogging pants, I don't think. But but you, I like that one, the style video you did too, where you had that that floral, floral shirt. I have a couple of floral patterns that uh, I'm really into. That's like quintessential summer. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the those shirts are really cool. So I'm trying to do like I found this photographer, um, uh, local photographer, and he does video too. So I'm trying to do these photo shoots where we can go out and take some pictures, but then just take like a bunch of B-roll and put together these little, like, mini lookbooks. So hopefully I'll have kind of like what you and uh, Carlos did, actually. Yeah, that was a fun day. I mean, we planned that for, like, a whole six hours going through Boston, a bunch of different stuff. But just to kind of get bonus footage out of the session you're already doing, is that's smart. Yep, yep. It's a, it's, always, it's a little, like, it's a little tough to know what's going to do well, but I, it, it's still fun to do different types of videos, I guess. Yeah, the guy that I've been following for a while parker york smith that does stuff like that he's always got some good b-roll footage i think his wife shoots a lot of it oh speaking of uh speaking of the family so you did the stitch fix kids that was a uh, that was new in a few <laughs> few different ways for your channel <laughs> i know I, a couple of people mentioned like now they, they were getting stressed out just watching the chaos that ensued and like honestly that video is just like standard of what goes on as like they run around screaming but uh that was a lot of fun, and I was like genuinely excited to see like what kind of clothes they would get. And I think we kept half. I think we kept half of each of them, because like I'm not crazy about the graphic. I I walk this like fine line, I believe, as a dad, where it's like I want my son to dress a certain way, but I also don't want him to. I don't want to like push him into anything in particular. So like he has a couple of graphic tees with like cars and Mickey Mouse on it. But I'm not crazy about him. But I like I don't want him to be so buttoned up, and so that's one of the things that I'm now navigating as a dad. It's like I figured out my own style thing, but I also want to figure out how to like let him be his own person while also encouraging him to be a little bit more stylish. Yeah, that is a tough one because on one hand, it's like you could just go completely like yeah, wear whatever you want, you know. On the other hand, you could like totally dress them and like try to instill some of that stuff early on. But I guess I guess no matter what you do. There's always a chance they could hit those teenage years and just become a wild card. <laughs> yeah, and that's what, uh, hey, it's going to happen. So, I don't, like, even when we go to the park, it's like I want him to be in, like, a, um, like jeans and sneakers versus, like, shorts. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird about it. I did get a bunch of stuff from him. I have a bunch of credit for Untuck It, and I don't really like their stuff personally, but I got a bunch of stuff for him because they have boys' clothes that are, like, super cute and very um, kind of clean. They have, like, nice tees, clean shorts. So I got a bunch of stuff for him from there. So 
he's pretty he's got a pretty nice closet nice yeah you gotta gotta get them on the uh that influencer path early on so by the time they're our age they'll have millions of followers <laughs> i know i've thought about that too because i do have a bunch of videos from our vacations that are partially edited and uh, i see a lot of these big family channels but then with the trajectory for so many of them is they grow really big and then they like stop because it gets too big or like some of these channels get child services called on them because people watch it and whatever and so i don't know i know that antonio is the same like antonio doesn't put his family his wife his kids on on any of his stuff but uh it's not their decision for a long yeah time. yeah yeah it, it is a little weird to do something like that without them really having a choice because that stuff is you know once it's out there it's out there um, it does seem like most of the, I guess, bigger, at least on YouTube, most of the bigger YouTubers kind of isolate their work from their family. Like, like Aaron Marino, I mean, he's even done videos about it, like how he just, his wife is never, never public facing, you know, even though she's like part of the business, um, which, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's kind of one extreme. On the other extreme, you have the people that are like, their family is like 100% part, like kind of like Casey Neistat, you know. Well, what Casey's interesting though, because he won't put his daughter's face on videos anymore uh, for the past like two years. He said once she started to look like a girl, they stopped putting her in videos. Like you hear her sometimes, but they won't put her face on there. That's true, actually. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, Candace is all in, but it's he'll like tease it almost. Like you'll see like the her like the side of her face or like the back of her head or something or like her voice. But yeah, she's never like fully in it. Although his son, his son has been featured in a few videos. Yeah, it's like she's totally become the the guy from Home Improvement where you only saw the top of his head. It's like that's who she is in his videos. Do you listen to his podcast, Couples Therapy? I actually haven't yet, no. I find it to be so fascinating because you see a whole different side of Casey on there and a whole different side of Candace. Candace is very different on the podcast than the way that she comes off in the videos. And uh, as a fan of Casey and, and everything he's doing, uh, the podcast is... There's a whole new dimension. It's pretty interesting. There's so mm. many podcasts. Too many podcasts. I know. There really are. I'm going to have to check that one out. I think I've seen it on, like, top of the charts for a while now. Yeah, and it's also done by Anchor. If Anchor had been out when we started this, then I would have put us on Anchor. But it came out, like, six or eight months after we launched. And uh, it's an interesting platform because I know Meg Collins and Style Girlfriend is on Anchor, but Anchor can also get you into Spotify. Like Spotify podcasts are tough to get into unless you have certain numbers or like you can feed into their proprietary system, uh, but Anchor handles all that stuff. So hmm. it's just an interesting space. So it, it's like a Podbean, but like more involved or what? Yeah. So I know with their deal, um, Anchor is like producing the podcast. They have a whole they have a whole turnkey thing where you just send them the recording, they'll edit it, they'll post it, show notes, all that stuff. Um, but I think they have different levels of how much they're involved in it. Like Meg might do all the editing, but when they go into the platform, the platform will aggregate it for them. So Podbean does everything except for Spotify, like it does um, iTunes. I've, I've been putting these up on YouTube recently, and uh, that's actually how a lot of people found the the Huga episode as well. So hmm. Yeah, he continues to uh, to crush it. I know, that travel one. I didn't watch the travel one, but I, every time it pops up on my recommended, it's, it's got 10,000 more views. Yeah, it's just like, it's just pleasant. His stuff is just pleasant to watch. <laughs> like, it's a nice experience, you know, even if you're not interested in the uh, subject matter. Yeah, he definitely has, like, the voice for voiceover. It's very soothing. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, looks like that's one of our that that's our top in the last thirty days. It's our top episode. As it should be. Mm-hmm. Guys coming out of nowhere. Oh, I thought the um, so I, I don't always listen to like every every episode we do in full, but I did listen to the um, someone someone sent me an Instagram message like, oh, the episode with Christian was so good, it was so candid, and so I, I did listen to that one all the way through. That was a fun one. Yeah, and I mentioned in the beginning like we ended up having six different Skype calls on that one to get all that piece together. And so the fact that it even came out like, like one big flow was pretty good. But I think that's just what you get with him. Like when you watch other videos where he's like on other people's channels, it's like Christian is Christian, whether he's doing liquor run or he's talking in front of the camera or he's chatting with us. It's like that, that is him. Yeah, I, I get the impression that he wakes up like that and – and, like, that's just him 24-7, and it doesn't matter where he is or who is he talking to or who's around. That's just how he is. Yeah, even when we got dinner at Menfluential, he had flown out of New York at, like, 6 in the morning that day, and it was 9 p.m. in hot Atlanta in February, and he was, he was like, schmoozing with the waitress and, like, cracking jokes with Anna up until, like, 10 or 11 o'clock that night. So that is definitely him. Yeah, he's he's a character. <laughs> oh, did you see? Uh, did you see another one of our our buddies, uh, Teddy Baldassar, is parting ways with his day trust? No, I saw. I just watched his Rolex video, but I didn't see. I think he's put. Was it last night or just recently? I think it was like yesterday or something. It was, it was an Instagram post. Oh. I, I think he's been thinking about it for a while about just I don't know have wearing a Rolex, but. Uh, yeah, I saw he he had a picture of it on Instagram, and it was asking if any you know if anybody was interested to send him a message, which I'm sure that one's not going to be hard to move. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, it's interesting. Teddy, I'm trying to get Teddy on uh, my idea. I told you this about a while ago. I, I had a, I had this idea for a live stream to talk about luxury watches, and uh, I tried to get TGV. He kind of stole my idea. I tried to get Federico. He blew me off. I tried to get Jory Goodman. He blew me off too. So. Now I'm trying to get Teddy to do it. I think it's a good idea. And Teddy's Teddy, I emailed Teddy, and he had he was like, "What about this? And what about this? And this?" And I was like, "Perfect." It's like that's that's exactly what I was looking for. So I think that'll turn out pretty well. Yeah, that's that, that's a good fit for it. I feel like Teddy's a thoughtful guy, and I think uh, and he's not really. He's funny. He kind of walks the line between like the the watch guy world and like the I guess men's fashion YouTuber world. Because there's definitely, like, TGV and um, Frederico and those other guys, like, they are very much fully in the watch guy camp, you know? And then there's, like, on the opposite side of the spectrum, the people who, you know, work with, like, Vincero movement and stuff. And I feel like they're, like, <laughs> like arch enemies, you know? And Teddy's kind of got a foot in both camps, so he's able to walk that line. Yeah, I know. Actually, my wife sent me a picture. She was cracking up because she was out at a bar, and she saw a guy wearing a watch. And it looks like it's a movement watch, but it was upside down. And it was, like, that's quintessential, like, fashion watch. Like, he was wearing the watch, but it was upside down on his wrist. And uh, she said it was really funny to her. It's a bracelet. <laughs> yeah. She's been wearing, Christian sent over that GMT, and he also sent a, a tank, and she's been wearing the Cartier tank, and I've always loved that design, but man, do I love it in person. Oh, man. That's an awesome little wash. I know. That's going to be my uh, my Friday pick. I'm going to wear the tank for Friday. I mean, what is, what is that, like 34 millimeters tall? 
Yeah, it's an odd size. Like it's so slim, but it's long and it's so th- it's super thin. It's just like it's just a gorgeous. And it's this one's hand wound, and I really like that because a lot of them are quartz, but then uh, the hand wound one's really interesting. Hmm, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I really I, I want I want to try. I was thinking about asking Christian, but I, I don't see he doesn't really get too many explorers coming through. But I, I want to see if someone can uh, loan me an explorer for a little while just to see how that feels, like a thirty-six millimeter explorer one. We got to watch out because after uh, my wife wore the tank for a few days and then I was wearing it, I texted Christian and asked him how much to keep it. So that might be your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I keep seeing um, Noah. Get, he's got a relationship with I, I think it's like a local. Rolex AD, and he, he's always getting these, like he had it on his Instagram a couple days ago, this like like gray dial Oyster Perpetual 34 millimeter, no date. It was just so nice. Like, man, I gotta I gotta get uh, get some loners. I mean, I love the day trust, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's your forever watch. You need something like a little spicy thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, we kind of buried the lead here. I'm, uh, I'm sitting here with this now uh, less than two weeks at my day job because I put in my two weeks on Friday as a celebration of my birthday, you could say. That's right. That's right. Wow. It's a big week. I know. I bought a car. I bought a new Mini 2019 on Friday, the same day that I put my two weeks in. And, man, it was a whirlwind of a weekend because then I just gorged on food because my wife made delicious dinner and stuff. So it's been a heck of a couple of days. So how'd it go? Uh, everybody was very shocked and very, uh, I, my chief commercial officer said he was sad and my immediate manager asked me to come back later when he calmed down. He said he was, he said this really sucks, I understand, but I had a lot of hopes for you and there's a lot of stuff we're working on that you're at the center of. And I was like, I understand because you know this is a decision. I started this, I started my YouTube channel with the hope that someday I could do this. And then uh, I pretty much figured out in May what my path could be to going full-time. And uh, so this whole summer has really been like a lot of planning and uh, figuring out health insurance and all kinds of like little details in the background, bank accounts and all kinds of stuff, which is why my schedule, my video schedule has been kind of off. But then at the same time, I had a super busy I had several projects going on at work this summer, and so like caused a lot of chaos. But uh, I've been targeting the end of August for several months. I've actually been doing a lot of live streams on my personal channel that are unlisted that I'll I'll publish pretty soon, um, and I'm trying to document this as best I can because one of the very inspirational things, and it, people have mentioned this as guests on our podcast, is your income statements where you're able to break down and show how you make money, how, and, and everything, all the detail is uh, very helpful. So I'm trying to do my version of that, which is like I'm not very detail-oriented or good at documenting, but if I can just talk through it in video, not only will it be a good record for myself, but also help anybody else that's trying to follow along because I see, I can see the path to where I want to go, and I can see all the details in between, and now it's literally just about execution. And my excuse mm-hmm. for the past three years of why I either don't get this video done or I can't get this thing or that or that is because I work a 50 to 60-hour-a-week day job at a startup, which is my primary livelihood. Um, and now if I'm going all in on this, how do I 
take it to the next level, and that's pretty much what I've planned out for the past few few uh, months. I have uh, a loan secured that is going to help me stay afloat as I get to that path of complete, you know, profitability. And I'm doing it. I'm trying to be as as thoughtful as I can because I know that there are many people that see us as the antidote to very big YouTube channels, and so. If I do, you know, I've done a couple of sponsorships, but in future sponsorships, making sure they're up to my standards and my audience standards, and it's only beneficial for, you know, it's it's beneficial for the audience and everything, and making sure that uh, I keep as much of my Boy Scout integrity as possible. And so, I'm going to stop rambling, but but uh, I've had <laughs> this all bottled up for a, a long time. Yeah. Well, congrats, man. I mean, I I remember you telling me about the. Uh, the planned date, you know, and, and you stuck with that timeline, which is, uh, which is really cool. So I know it's been in the works for a long time. So yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, you know, you never want to, you never want to leave like a, a job or, or a group of people or whatever, leave a team and then say, oh, okay, goodbye. You know, you, you want to leave on top. Um, so I think that's just, uh, you know, that's, that's a testament to, uh, to your work there. You know, the fact that they, they like to keep you. So that's, uh, definitely not a bad thing but i think the video diary is a really interesting will be really interesting to watch because one of the most common questions that i get is like how do you know when it's time like when do you leave your day job and everybody kind of has a different answer but um it'd be interesting to see the thought process in i mean you know retroactive but like in real time almost as someone goes through that uh transition yeah because the other thing that i keep thinking about is like i know my own personality and if i'm not uh, directly responsible or held held responsible for something, I might slack off. And so what I keep thinking about doing is like every single day, every weekday at 5 p.m., doing a scheduled live stream that is talk about what I did that day, how I did it, why I did it, so that I know in back of my mind, like if I don't get something done today, I'm going to have to sit on that thing and say that I didn't do something. And, uh, and just kind of documenting it that way. I don't know if I need to be that aggressive, um, or how many people would end up watching it. But that's one of the thoughts that I have. I know I want to do something like each week. Like maybe I'll do every Friday a recap. Like this is what I did. This is what I'm working on. Um, because now I always, I've always thought of, you know, people talk about entrepreneurship as having your own boss. But I think for yourself and the way that I'm looking at it now is like I now have 38,000, 39,000 bosses. Like your readers are your bosses and they guide you in a big way because you're ultimately responsible for them. And that's our goal is to help people and make sure that we're providing as much value and, and help as we can. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Cause I, I feel slightly kind of the same way. We're definitely more productive when people are relying on me to get something done. But I think that your audience is, is very much, you know, that accountability kind of built in, um, and especially if you tell them you're going to do something, if you're like, hey, you know, you're going to you're going to get a new vi- video every Thursday or something like that, you're going to do it, you know, because otherwise, you're you've just lied to forty thousand people. So, I think uh, I think there's a lot of accountability, and there, and there are other ways to build in accountability, you know, to an entrepreneurial life. But um, but yeah, it's different, man, because you know, the, even with the the subscribers, like. You don't, I mean, you interact with them, but it's not the same as like going into an office and having a boss like in person saying, hey, where's that thing? So I like the idea of some sort of, I don't know, public pledge or accountability built in. 
Well, you know what I've been chewing on this weekend? This has been bubbling in my mind for a while. And uh, if someone, if a listener to the podcast steals this idea, uh, I know who to find. But uh, I, we, I think everybody enjoys Menfluential because you get so many people together at one place and it's about meeting people and being around people. Um, but now that I'm going to have more time to dedicate to the channel is doing some sort of like smaller meetups, especially in cities I can just drive to. So like I think about Cleveland, Washington, D.C., um, Baltimore, any of these like smaller cities that don't get those types of events is like going there and meeting up and doing like a happy hour or a brunch with guys that follow the channel um, and just having like an excuse to go out and like either get dressed up or like meet people in person because I mentioned that I was going to LA on my story and I got messages from like a dozen guys that said like hey if you're when you're out here let us know uh, let me know I want to meet up or, or something like that and so I think I'd do that and it's a way of just like keeping a direct connection hearing directly from people who follow the channel and you know video ideas feedback all that kind of stuff and uh, you know New York would be a big one for that we've talked about this New York trip uh, or New York meetup for a couple of episodes, and, and that's still on the table, but even just doing some of these smaller cities where they don't have a big base, but if I can meet up with five really cool guys, that's worth a trip. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that stuff is going to be much more realistic now, you know, now that you have time and and uh, more, you know, brain space. And I, I think those trips can be... I've, I've been wanting to do more stuff like that, too, where it's like you can kind of have like a multifaceted trip. So say you go to, uh, I don't know, like Philly or something and, or Chicago and you, you do a meetup, but then you also schedule like a photo shoot with a photographer there and maybe create, you know, some content with another content creator who lives there and like, you know, visit a couple of menswear stores. So you kind of like make it a really full experience, maybe even like, you know, do a vlog about the trip. And I think that's like, I don't know, that's, that's totally worth the expense and the time, you know? Yeah, and even like in Pittsburgh, I know I've got a pretty good base of people that have found me here through the channel, and I haven't done anything to meet up with guys here, even though I know on a first-name basis a lot of them, and it's that's just been a function of like I come home from my day job, I spend as much time with my family, and then I go right to bed. It's like I don't have that extra space, and so to try and do some more of that kind of meetups I think would be be pretty cool. And so is the, is the two-week... Uh deadline an actual two weeks or do you think they're going to want you to do a softer transition or what uh they asked for a little bit more time but uh i've never seen anybody work the entire two weeks here they usually get uh, they usually turn in their stuff early or they get asked to turn in early um so i don't really know yeah so september 7th as of now is probably my last day but but we'll see and i'm trying to figure out you know, do I put this out as a video? Uh, this is the first time I've talked about it. I didn't mention it on my story or anything yet. But, uh, you know, I went to my barber on Friday, too. So on Friday, I had a half day. I went in. I talked to my man, my bosses and everything. And then uh, I left halfway through the day. I bought a new car and went to the barber. I was like, hey, Vince, how's it going? And he goes, oh, good. He goes, I had a new car. I said, yeah. I said, yeah, I got a new car and I quit my job. He goes, that's a planner right there. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> Because I, I got a new car because my lease was up. I didn't just go out and just buy a new car for the hell of it. Right, right. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious, though. 
It's so funny that like the barber is like one of the first people to know about these, you know, like that's, that's just the relationship that you have with, with the barber. <laughs> yeah. Well, I told him in May, I was like, Hey, Hey Vince, this is my plan. I'm going to leave at the end of August. And he's like, good for you. Let me know. How I can help. Oh, that's awesome. I like him. That's the, the video series I did. That's the barber. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and the, uh, the studio is totally ready to go pretty much. Well, my brother's like six weeks behind on building my shelves, which is going to help me clean things up and organize. But otherwise, like, yeah, things are good out there. Um, even the summer, like even on some of the hottest days, it was fine working out there. And I worked out there a lot last winter, too, so I know I keep it warm. And uh, that's been that was like one of the big things I was trying to get finished because now I've got a space to like leave the house. And, and it's funny because part of what has made this made me so excited to move into this full time is like my son recognizes now when I leave he recognizes if I'm going on a plane for a few days and he gets really upset but even if I tell him I'm going to the office he'll be like oh daddy stay home daddy you come home early Um, but if he but if I tell him the night before because I took a couple of weeks where I just stayed home um, I took a a couple of vacation weeks and I would work in the studio all day and he is like happy that I'm in the studio because like I go out and work at 5.30, I work until about lunch, come eat lunch with him, put him down for a nap and then I go work some more. So like a huge thing of this is, is spending more time with my family and uh, being in control of my schedule and having just more time to create great videos and, and build out the site. And so it's, uh, it's this, at the same time the scariest and most exciting thing I've ever done. Yeah, well... I think it's uh, I think it's a great move personally. I think it's going to be awesome and obviously difficult and uh, probably a little bit of a roller coaster. But I mean, you're not going to look back and say, oh, "I wish I had been more conservative and worked harder and you know, not gone for this." So I think if if you look at it as you know minimizing future regret, I think this is the move. Yeah, and I'll I'll never be 27 again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> As of yesterday. That's true. Yeah, man. Crazy. So you you think you'll keep the same uh schedule, like going to bed early, waking up early? I yeah, I really like that, except I'm thinking now, uh that I might do the gym first thing in the morning. I was trying to figure out if I should do it in the morning or go out like right after lunch or something, so I'll figure that out. But I like the early mornings. I like getting stuff done and then heading out. Nice. Well, very exciting. I know. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'll, I'll keep documenting as much as I can. And, uh, and I appreciate all of your all the chatting that we've done over the past 18 months almost. Yeah, wow. Time flies. <laughs> I know. It feels like six months. Yeah, it really does, man. And I've already got my tickets from Influential next year, so no matter what, I should be down there. Very cool. And then we're going to be hanging out soon in L.A., which is going to be an awesome trip. Yeah, we should. I mentioned um, I want to try and get some sort of meetup out there. And uh, that I'm also going to be on the James Bonding podcast, and I'm excited to do that too. So there's, like, so much good stuff. It's, like, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, we should definitely do a meetup, but uh, we can talk more about that later. need to find a, uh, a speakeasy that we can just make a big credit card bill again. Yeah, you know, there's a really cool speakeasy in the Line Hotel. Um, I went there with uh, Baron and Andy and Dorian last time I was I was in L.A., and it was, it was a lot of fun. I would definitely go back. It's like 80s-themed. 
I feel like there's got to be just a whole alley of speakeasies in LA. There's like that's, that place is so dense. Oh yeah, there's there's probably so many cool bars, but I think we're staying in. I think we're in the I think we're in Hollywood, but I'm not sure because they moved houses. So. Well, we'll figure out details and then we'll we'll share them out because I know there's lots of guys in California that uh, my my Instagram analytics can tell me that. Yeah, for me, it's I think on any platform, it's like New York and LA are like the two, the two hubs for U.S. Uh, traffic. So, yeah, I think we could have a pretty sweet meetup. Well, great. That's uh, the button up podcast for this week, and I'll be sharing that news pretty soon. And uh, I'm looking forward to your gym video because I always like trying new new stuff. Yeah, man, and uh, you know that, that's what you get when you listen to the podcast. By the way, is uh, breaking news like this that. <laughs> that you can't hear anywhere else. So if, uh, if you like it and if you're still listening, definitely uh, leave us a review because it really helps on, on iTunes especially. Yeah, even if you're a Google Play user, just go over there and sign in and, and let us know because I don't, I don't use iTunes uh, personally, but I know that you got to leave those reviews. From my favorite ones, I go over and do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, we have a few, but, but yeah, we need some more. So either way, thanks for listening though. Thank you for listening to the Buttoned Up Podcast, a collaboration between John Shanahan of The Cavalier and Brock McGough of Modest Man, and we'll see you next week.